Hello everyone. Yes, this is Michelle Hughes and I am so excited to be back here at Destiny Destiny Moments. And uh, my dear friend, I asked you all to give me some titles to speak on. And my dear friend, Terry Glimp Sider, gave me a title for tonight. And she chose how to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value, especially to God. Well, Terry, I hope I meet it your um, goal in getting this
clarity, the love, the energy for the remainder of your life if you opt to Then you already have door number three. Simply have a mind that is open to everything that attracts to nothing. Let it all come and go as it will. Enjoy life and never make your happiness a success dependent on an attachment. Or attachment from you. You'll know true peace during your lifetime. True love means love a person for what they are, not for what you think they should be. This is an open mind and an essence of attachment. So, I like what he said. True love is really accepting the person for who they are, who God is. If they have accepted Christ as their personal Savior, and now they are allowing the Holy Spirit to reign in their life and submitted to that Spirit, now you're seeing a new person, and you are going to allow that person to become who they are. And I believe, Sherry, if you're listening tonight, and you understand that self-worth is all built around in a personal relationship with God. And I believe that that inward spirit being um, changed by God will help you change your, your, your mindset. That's what um, uh, Dwyer was talking about. Is that you'll begin to um, change the way you think and how you used to do things will begin to change. And then that person who is in your life will accept you for that new godly person that God has ordained you to become. And so you're steadily evolving each and every day of your life. You're always changing it, making changes. It's only when we become so stagnant that we become so satisfied with who we are, even when you're ugly. I mean, you can be mean and be happy because this is all you know. But when you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior and he begins to show you through his word as we are reading tonight. Um, those are the things that begin to change that inward person. And I believe, Terry, that is how you carry value in your life. That, 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 that value uh, comes with the Holy Spirit teaching you, telling you when to be quiet, telling you when to speak, especially when you are in situations where you know Yeah. 
progress and learning each and every day how to love and to be better uh, characters of love. So when people walk in the room, they know that when you walk in that room, you don't bring peace. You're going to bring unity and love and joy. And that's what we should be bringing every time we walk out that door of your home or inside the door of your home. The more you will find yourself learning how to be who she would want you to be. And not who your friends would want you to be or anyone else, not even your spouse, but who you know she would want you to be. Because we make decisions every day of our lives. What you're going to say, what you're not going to say, what you will speak, what you won't speak. What you bring to the table that makes you unique. I'm unique in who I am, and you're unique in who you are. And so I believe as we evolve and become more like Christ, the more you'll find
the mother's love. everyone. Yes, this is Ms. Arsiz, and I want to thank you for joining me on Destiny Moments. Yes, I do have a topic for you today. I asked the last time we were on for you to give me a topic to, to discuss, and my dear friend, Terry Glint Shire, gave me a topic, and we're going to be discussing tonight how to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value, especially to God. And I, when she gave me that, I was like, wow, that's really, um, you know, I think that's the question that many ask themselves, you know, um, where, where is my value? And I would say, if we go to the scriptures, it's going to even give you more concerning your value and your self-worth. Now, let's start with uh, Matthew 3 and 11. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and with fire. Yes, that's where that word comes from, the Holy Spirit. The Father sending his only begotten Son to the cross, but now we can come in his Spirit each and every day of our lives. No matter what you're faced with, you can come to him and know that he will answer you and give you direction, and give you guidance, and that's what it's all about. Now, go with me to Romans 8 and 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That glory, the Spirit of Christ, is what lives this within each in every one of us. That's our worth. That's where we get our self-worth from. And let's, the last scripture is going to be coming from James 2 and 8. James 2 and 8. 
and it says here, let's see here, I think I got the wrong thing, okay, 2 and 8, it says here, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. And I think that is the ingredient for understanding your self-worth, is that when you understand that your worth is coming from what Christ did on the cross, and now he lives within us, the spirit of Christ. Now you know how to treat your neighbor as thyself, because you're not treating your neighbor as thyself according to your spirit, because that person would be, you know, it might as well not be happening. But because of the spirit that is within you, now that's where that new spirit will reveal itself. And I was reading in um, Wayne Dyer, you know, he's gone now, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And in his little book, it's called The Ten Secrets for Success in Inner Peace. And when I was reading that, I was getting some little nuggets from what he was saying here. And uh, how there's a shift in how we view ourselves. And um, let me just read it. It says here, this reading from his book from page 14. This first secret has two components. One, a mind that is open to everything. And two, a mind that is attached to everything, or to nothing, I should say. Your attachments are the source of all your problems the need to be right, to possess someone or something, to win at all costs, to be viewed by others as superior. These are all attachments. The open mind resists these attachments and consequently experiences inner peace and success. To release attachments, you have to make a shift in how you view yourself. If your primary identification is with your body and your possessions, your ego is the dominant force in your life. But if you can tame your ego, ego sufficiently, you'll call upon your spirit to be the guiding force in your life. As a spiritual being, you can observe your body and be compassionate, witness to your existence. Your spiritual aspect sees the folly of attachment because your spiritual self, self is an infinite soul. Nothing can make you happy or successful. These are the inner constructs that you bring to the world rather than what you receive from it. So if you think peaceful thoughts, you'll feel peaceful emotions. And that's what you'll bring to every situation. If your attachment to being right or absolutely needs something in order to be at peace or to be successful, you'll live life of striving yet never arriving. It's possible to have a burning desire yet not have attachment. You can have an inner vision of what you intend to manifest and still detach yourself from the outcome. How? So, consider these observations. Infinite patience produces immediate results. It sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? But infinite patience implies an absolute certainty that what you will like to manifest will indeed show up in perfect order and exactly on time. The immediate result will receive from this inner knowing is a sense of peace. When you detach from the outcome, you're at peace and you'll ultimately see the fruit of your conviction. So, suppose you had a choice between door two or door uh, door one, I should say, door one or door two. 
and you can have any physical thing you desire by simply waving it with your feet. And you can have a sense of peace for the rest of your life regardless of what circumstances arise. So which would you pick? A guarantee of stuff or inner peace for the remainder of your life? If you opt for peace, then you already have door number two. Simply have a mind that is open to everything but attached to nothing. Let it all come and go as it will. Enjoy it all, but never make your happiness or success dependent on an attachment to anything, any place, and particularly any person in all of your relationships. If you can love someone enough to allow them to be exactly what they choose to be without any expectation or attachment from you, you'll know true peace in your lifetime. True love means you love a person for what they are, not for what you think they should be. This is an open mind and an absence from attachment. I like that, Dr. Dyer. I really do. And I believe that that's where true love comes from, is having that personal relationship with God and letting him show you how to value through loving your brother as yourself. And the more you love yourself through Christ, getting and becoming closer to God, the more you establish that relationship with God, the more you will find yourself understanding true oneness with God. And once you receive that oneness with God, you will then understand self-worth and how to value other people through his spirit. Everything is done through what he did on Calvary's cross. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ went to the cross. And now all we have to say is, Father, forgive me of every sin I committed, knowingly or unknowingly. That's Romans 10, 9 through 11. But when you confess that, now you'll find yourself having a different state of mind. The Holy Spirit will begin to change who, uh, if you allow it to, because it's not going to go against your will. But once you confess, and by repeating that scripture that I just gave you in Romans 10, um, 9 through 11, when you confess that and you make him Lord of your life, that's when I do believe what Terry is getting to is how to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value and especially to God. That's why he sent his only begotten son, so that we can get value. And the value comes through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit will nudge you, when you're about to, you know, do something that's wrong, sin, or say something that you're going to regret, that's what the Holy Spirit is here for. It's to warn us. You know, before when he walked the earth, you know, he had to walk with them. He had to be with them. And now that he's gone, he now lives within, within us. And that's why he had to go to Calvary's cross and die. And, and, and for every sin that you may do or commit, any, every person on this earth, he died on Calvary's cross for their sins. So I think that's the awesomeness of understanding how to gain self-worth. That's how I realized self-worth was when I became a Christian and accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I began to see and want it to grow by first getting into the Word, reading the scriptures, learning as much as I possibly could, continue to learn. I don't think you ever get to a point where you just learn. I, I think it's a process. And so the more you learn and you go to church and learn from the minister who you appreciate and respect, um, you'll, you'll gain a sense of understanding of what Christ expects of you and how to live a Christian lifestyle. I believe that's really important than just to go to church. Many times I hear people say, yeah, I go to church, but they come back. They come out the same way they went in. There's no difference. There should be a change. You need to take, um, you know, onus of, are you making changes? What's different? You know, how do you treat people? Do you still treat people the same way you used to treat them? And so if there's no change, then you need to get 
you know, ask yourself, have you really committed your life to Christ? Because if when you really commit yourself to Christ, there's going to be some changes in your attitude, the way you talk, the way you speak, and the whole nine yards. There should be there's a, a period where as you grow, you know, you know, you know, first you start as a babe. It's almost like I can remember when I got saved. It was almost like, wow, this is like starting all over again, like coming from your mother's womb, and that's exactly what happens. You know, the more you learn, the more you grow. Because remember, this is totally different from how you've been living, how you've been thinking. Your, your whole mindset changes. And I believe this is how your self-worth and your values begin to change because it becomes more connected to what Christ is saying according to the scriptures. That's how you grow. That's how you begin to grow. That's how you begin to change. That's how you'll see that you know, hopefully, you'll become a magnet to other people. They'll see a difference in you. I can remember, um, I can remember some friends when um, my pastor said, you need to go and tell all your friends that you're saved. And he did that purposely because that made you say, you're either going to take this seriously or you're not going to go back and continue to do what you said. But once you make that step and tell people that you're saved, now you know they're going to start watching you. And definitely they're going to tell you if they think you're saved or not saved. They're going to let you know. You know that, right? So my purpose was to live as close as I could to become more like Christ as I possibly could become within this time period I had just gotten saved. So, you know, it takes years to become, I mean, perfected in this. And even then people, you know, backslide and, and do things and people judge them wrongly. You know, he didn't say that he said you have to give you 77 times a day. And so that's a lot of time to forgive a person, right? So sometimes I think we we don't forgive ourselves. And I think that's what Terry is really saying even in her title that she gave to me is that the more you forgive yourself and understand that you're human and God understands that. He's not sitting on the throne throwing, you know, darts at you. No, he wants you to make it. He wants you to grow in the things of Christ. So I believe the more patient that you are with yourself, the more you'll see the changes will come. And just be patient with yourself. And you'll see more of Christ will become a part of your conversation and who you are the more you understand the scriptures and the scriptures become a part of your lifestyle. I hope you got something from this message today. And you know what we do here, we keep it real. See you next, I'll see you Saturday. How to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value, especially to God. Yes, I'm Michelle Hughes, and you're listening to Destiny Moments. And that's the title that my dear friend, Terry Glimp Sider, gave to me a week ago. And I'm going to do my best to explain what self-worth is all about. And um, I'm going to start with some scriptures I believe that's the premise of what we learn is, or how we live, I should say, is through scriptures. And to get to the meat of it, to understand exactly, I believe, what God is trying to teach each and every one of us how to live our lives and according to his word. And um, I was reading uh, Dwayne Dwyer's book. We're going to get into that. But we're going to go to um, Matthew 3 and 11. Let's see here. 3 and 11. And I, I just, um, I enjoy coming to you guys every week, giving you the word. That's what it's all about. Living according to the word of God. And that's how we understand how to treat other people. And that's what Terry is getting at when She's asking how to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value and especially to God. Well, um, Matthew, what did I say? Matthew 3 and 11. 
All right, let's go to Matthew 3 and 11 here. And it says here that I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's it. This is where I believe we get our meat and um, how to live is through repentance, you know, changing our way of thinking and uh, renewing our minds according to the word of God. And let's go to um, James 2 and 8. James 2 and 8 says here, let's see here, 2 and 8. If ye fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. And that's why you, you do well if you treat your neighbor as you would want to be treated. And sometimes we say, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. But then many times we don't love ourselves, so therefore we can't love our neighbor. And the more we understand scripture to teach you how to love your neighbor, then that's how you begin to renew your mind and begin to change the way you think. And each and every day you'll begin to see a newness of heart and how you treat people and how mainly how you treat yourself. And the last scripture is Romans 8 and 18. And it says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh, praise the Lord. The glory, his spirit, his presence inside of us, living big within us as we give him the permission to come in and take over the way we think by reading the word of God and Every day, you'll see a change. I can remember when I first got born again, and, you know, it was like, oh, wow. I just, you know, I just felt like immediately I felt a difference uh, at the cross. I mean, it was almost like when I walked down there to the altar and, you know, tears began to, to, to come in my eyes. And, you know, I was with my boyfriend. And, you know, when I left out, I knew I was different. I knew there was a change that came over my life. And that's what happens. You know, people think you just playing. This ain't no play thing. You really do change. But I believe that um, you have to want change. And, and the more you see the change being revealed, the more you can understand the title, how to understand your self-worth and know that you carry value, especially to God. And that Godness that godliness that lives within you, the more you will want to be more like him and his son. That's why he sent his only begotten son to the cross. That's why we read Romans 10, 9 through 11, that we repent of our sins, asking God to forgive us of things we knowingly or unknowingly know that we've done in this body. And so, you know, I don't think that salvation is as hard as we make it, um, it's very easy when you ask him into your life. Now it's a process to become more like him. And that takes time. And so I was reading in um, Dr. Wayne uh, Dwyer's book, 10 Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. And as I begin to, to read it, I'm just going to read it to you. I'm going to read some of the things that he says. I think it was you know, it's very um, profound, some of the things that he talks about. And he says here on, on page 14, the first secret has two components. One, a mind that is open to everything. And two, a mind that is attached to nothing. Your attachments are the source of all your problems. The need to be right, to possess someone or something to win at all costs, to be viewed by others as superior. Things are all attachments. The open mind resists these attachments and consequently experiences inner peace and success. To release attachments, 
you have to make a shift in how you view yourself. If you primarily identify, identification is with your body and your possessions, your ego is the dominant force in your life. If you can tame your ego sufficiently, you'll call upon your spirit to be the guiding force in your life. As a spiritual being, you can observe your body and be a competent witness to your existence. Your spiritual aspect sees the, f- the folly of attachments because your spiritual self is an infinite soul. Nothing can make you happy or, or successful. These are the inner constructs that you bring to your world whether than what you receive from it. If you think peaceful thoughts, you'll feel peaceful emotions. And that's what you'll bring to every life situation. If you attach to being right or absolutely need something in order to be at peace or to be successful, you will live a life of striving, yet never arriving. It's because it's possible to have a burning desire, yet not have attachments. You can have an inner vision of what you intend to manifest and still detach yourself from the outcome. How? Consider this observation in the Course in Miracles. Infinite patience produces immediate results. It sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? Infinite patience implies an absolute certainty that what you like to manifest will indeed show up, praise the Lord, in perfect order and exactly on time. This immediate result you receive from this inner knowing is a sense of peace. When you detach from that outcome, you're at peace and you ultimately see the fruits of your convictions. Suppose you had a, a, a choice between two doors. With door A, you can have any physical thing you desire by simply um, opening it. With door B, you can have a sense of peace for the rest of your life, regardless of what circumstances arise. Which would you pick? a guarantee of stuff or inner peace for the remainder of your life. If you opt for peace, then you already have door number two. Simply have a mind that is open to everything but attached to nothing. Let it all come and go as it will. Enjoy it all, but never make your happiness or success dependent on an attachment to anything, any place, and particularly any person. In all of your relationships, if you can love someone enough to allow them to be exactly what they choose to be without any expectations or attachments from you, you'll know true peace in your lifetime. True love means you love a person for what they are not for what you think they should be. This is an open mind and an absence of attachment. Oh, I love it. I love it, Dr. Dwyer. You really have given us true understanding of what really having a relationship without attachment, but allowing each person to be themselves. And I think that's what God, wants us to be true to ourselves, to be the person that he has created us to be. Many times, you know, we're in families. They don't like who you are. They want you to change, to be like them. And even in relationships, that's not a true friendship. That's not a true um, relationship. If everyone's trying to form you into what they want you to be, instead of accepting what they see in front of them, now, that, to me, is a true relationship. When you get with your partner and you can really understand the God 
within them and allow them to be who God has created them to become and who they have chosen to become with God's help, now you can have a good relationship because you're accepting each other for who we are or who they are, not for who you want them to be. That's what he's saying in essence, Dwayne Dwyer. You have to accept people for who you are, who they are. And I believe that's why there's so many felt relationships because people want people to be who they think they want them to be, not who they are. And I believe when we get to that wholeness, everything that Terry is looking for in her question or in this topic tonight is truly being revealed through God, through his, through his presence and understanding who he is. And that's how you obtain your self-worth is knowing who he is and becoming everything that God has called you to become. Well, I pray that you've gotten something out of this message today, something that will hold you to be true to yourself, to understand the self-worth that can only be found through the blood of Jesus, through his spirit that he left for each and every one of us. And the more we claim and hold strong to his spirit, the more he will reveal himself, who he is and who he wants to be to us. And that's the key to living a life that carries value. It doesn't take away who you are because whoever you are, if you have confessed Christ as your personal savior, then he is developing you into the person that he wants you to become. So isn't it nice when we can be true to ourselves and not have to change our personalities, have to change who we are to please other people, but to please who God has called us to become. And in that God will draw the right people unto you to be your friend, to be your husband, you know, and I believe that we keep drawing ourselves to the wrong people and they can't accept you because they don't know who they are, but God will put you in the right group, in the right place, in the right family. Sometimes he has to take you out of certain places. Some, some, sometimes even some of our family members can't accept who God's called us to be or called you to become. And so if that is the case, you love them, but you can't make people accept you for who God has called you to be. They may never accept it. They may always judge you. They may never like you. I mean, there are family members who just don't like certain family members. And that doesn't have anything to do with who you are. Stop trying to prove yourself to other people and prove yourself to the God who lives within you. And the more you prove yourself to him by serving him, and pleasing him, he'll bring the right people into your life. Or he'll help you to accept who you are. And then when you learn how to love yourself, now you can love your neighbor. Well, you know what we do here. We keep it real. See you on Saturday.